0: Welcome to the Expert Ownership Podcast, where we launch faith-filled entrepreneurs into greater freedom and success. But you know what? It's more than that. We want to help you thrive in the midst of today's cancel culture. Our goal is to raise up workplace warriors who will stand for what they believe in, whatever the cost. You can find out more by visiting expertownership.com. But without further ado, here we go. So today we're talking about kingdom giving. We're going to specifically dive into five key principles, and then um, we're going to talk about our system. David and I have a two-step system for how we how we give. And also we'll give you a couple of tools on uh, uh, how you can actually give, Yeah, make it tax exempt, the whole nine yards, and then, and then allocate it out. Yeah. Now, let me say this. Today is Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Well, they might not be listening to it on. Valentine's yeah, well, I'm Day. telling you, today we're recorded on Valentine's Day, and I can't think of anything that could say "I love you" to God more than giving Him our finances. No, and no. obviously, giving and the principle of generosity isn't just about money; it's about our time. It's about all of this stuff. But what we do with our money is so incredibly important. Why? Because where your treasure is. There your heart will be all Boom, sauce. Okay, so um, now let me tell you the genesis of this. Red Skelton, Dr. Red Skelton, who owns his own medical practice and health and wellness in Texas, he was actually uh, on our football team when we were in junior high school. He was the center. David was the quarterback. (laughs) So David's hands have been all over Red's butt. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Jason. Okay, sorry about that. So anyways, uh, like I've said before on these... Uh, podcast if you guys ever have something you want us to talk about then fire it off you know red's got my cell number if you don't have a cell number go to deb at benham com and tell her you know or, or you know i, I was going to say Hit us on social media, but David and I never check social media, so I'm sorry about that. Well, it's it's not that we never check it; we rarely check it. So Red told us, "Hey, man, do something on the principle of first fruits giving with my business and how to follow the Holy Spirit, what comes to generosity through your business and all that kind of stuff." So I love that, and so I got to thinking, and uh, God wants us to give generously, right? So the question is, how do we do it as faith filled entrepreneurs? We own a business, we we run an organization. Um, what do we need to do? Well, you need a system. Okay, so you're going to have to have a giving system. Remember, God creates systems. It's called an ecosystem. It's called the the um, circular system, like your your circulatory system. You've got a skeletal system. You've got like your body is held together by systems. The nature is held together by systems. So you have to create systems. All right, now systems have to be built on principles. So let's talk principles first. I'm going to give you five key principles for generosity that the scripture teaches us. Okay, and these are important because this is how we're going to prop our system up on top of this. Okay, so the first principle is the principle of generosity. Proverbs nineteen seventeen tells us, when you give to others, you lend to the Lord. Mm. Follow. Means it, it means it's coming back. That's exactly right. And you're like, no, we're supposed to give without the thought of getting something in return. Right, getting something in return from the people you give to, and also ne- not necessarily getting something in return today. Or, or on this earth. Right. So you, you're you not thinking, I'm going to give to them so they'll give back to me. No, no, no. You should be thinking about reward. Why? Because God hard- hardwired you with a need and a desire for reward. What do you think? Adam, when God told him to cultivate, you think he dug in the ground for nothing? No, he was motivated by the reward that he would get out of the ground, the resources that would come out of the ground. So that he could provide for his family. Okay. Okay. We know all through scripture that God tells us that if you give, you lend to me and I give back. Now, he may or may not give it back to us in this life, but he certainly will give it back in the next life. And he certainly gives it back to us because we're obeying him and obedience is it brings us into alignment with him and we feel peace. So the principle of generosity is to give for a return. Right. And the return is simply based on what God gives to us. Not what others can give to us. I tell uh, my daughter, Ava, she was working at Chick-fil-A and I said, work for a double deposit today. She's like, okay, dad. Well, she knew because you're going to get a deposit in your physical bank account, but you're also, when you work as under the Lord and not as under man, you're going to get a deposit in your spiritual bank account. That also includes the way that you give generosity with your funds. That's the principle of generosity. Okay. When you give to the Lord, when you give to others, you lend to the Lord and he pays back. Number two, the principle of the tithe. Okay, Deuteronomy 26, 12 tells us 10%. Okay, 10%. That's The Old Testament gives us the principle of the tithe. Okay, now, who's the 10% supposed to go to? Deuteronomy chapter 14 outlines. the De- And Deuteronomy widow- 26 outlines it. And, okay, the widow, the orphan, the Levite, and the poor. There you go, 10%. Okay, now, is it supposed to just be 10%? Well, no, no, no. Uh, to me, David and I look at this as the 10% is the baseline. Do not go below that. Okay, so that's the principle of the tithe. Teaching our kids the same thing. 10% of your pay, it goes to tithe. And the tithe goes to the widow, the orphan, the Levite, Which and the poor. The, Hold what? on, because I'm going to get to our fifth principle is going to talk about something completely different. Um, and we're going to dive in even deeper into that. But just know 10%, okay, that's the tithe. Okay, third principle, the principle of the offering. Now an offering is a spontaneous giving above and beyond the 10%. And it it starts as it it comes as a heart of gratitude toward God. So that what they called this in the Old Testament was the burnt offering. There were several other offerings, but the burnt offering specifically it's like you're so thankful that the Lord allowed you to get that piece of property for, you know, half of what you thought you would get it for. So what you're going to do is you're going to take your prized bull and you're going to sacrifice it. Why would you do that? To show God that you're thankful and that he can replace the bull as he sees fit. fully dependent. It was a burnt offering, and then they would burn the bull's body on the altar. That said, God, I thank you. This is above and beyond the tithe. So that's the principle of the offering. We should be giving offerings. It's like, so you've given the 10% tithe, okay, and then somebody's in need. You know, widow needs a a van, so you get together three of your other business buddies and you buy her a van. That's an offering. Okay, there, there's the offering. Okay, now, number four, the principle of first fruits. Now remember, first fruits are not the tithe. First fruits are not the offering. First fruits is outlined in Leviticus 23. When you enter a new venture that makes money, you're going to give the first of the produce. What I mean by that is, uh, David and I buy a building or a rental property or whatever, and let's just say the building, I did this with my um, a building that I own, Tenplex, and the First fruits were the first month's rent that came in. I think at the time, man, this was 10 years ago, rents were like 4,600 bucks or something like that. So I just took all that 4,600 bucks and I, I gave it. Okay. Now that was the first fruits. Now for the rest of the time, I don't give every single month all the rent. No, no, no. I take 10% of the net that comes in. Now I'm going to talk about system here in a second. So that's the principle of first fruits. It's you're entering into a new territory, you're entering into a new job, you're entering into something new. It's your choice on whether or not you want to give God a first fruit. A first fruit is awesome. It's 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 uh, voluntary. Voluntary. Just like the offering, principle of the offering. It's voluntary. The principle of the tithe is that's mandatory. You have to do that. Now in the Old Testament that was mandatory. New Testament it, it switches to a stewardship. Yep. I believe we should we should put these things on us. Yes, as good stewards. But um, it's a little bit different in the New Testament, right? But God tells us, and we know if you don't pay God the t- the tithes, yeah, If take- you don't do it right, you- it's coming. He wants to take care of you. Yep. You, like you you buckle up. It's you need to make sure that God is going to bless your finances. And sometimes the worst thing that can happen is that your finances grow. You're not paying the tithe. Your finances grow, and you're like, see. I don't have to pay the tithe. Well, what are your relationships like? Yeah. What's your peace like? When's the last time you heard God's still small voice? Yeah. Like, it ain't going to work. It's just radical obedience, is all it is. So, number one, principle of generosity. Two, principle of the tithe, the 10%. Then the principle of offering, which is spontaneous offerings. And then the principle of first fruits. You come into a new territory, a new something, give God the first fruits. You don't have to, it's voluntary. And then fifth is the principle of entirety. This is where we find ourselves in Malachi 3, verse 10. It says, bring the whole whole tithe into the storehouse. Now, we don't want to cheat God, so bring the whole tithe in there. The question now is, what's the storehouse? That, that's the issue, especially. Yeah. <laughs> because it's <laughs> like, is, you were going there. is the storehouse that big mega church with billboards and branding all over the place? The answer is absolutely 100% no. Where do we get that from? Because Jesus' own words in Matthew 6, he says, Do not store up, okay? Don't put into the storehouse, okay? He says, Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin did not destroy for you, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So, what is the storehouse? The storehouse is heaven. How are we going to take physical money and put it into heaven, right? Okay, this is where our system comes in. Because if the storehouse is heaven, because God's telling us, store it up in heaven, right? Well, and we're supposed to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, which means that 10% needs to go toward heavenly things. It does not mean that we have to take 10% and give all of it to the church, to or to that one church that you're going to. Okay. Now let me let me just pause one Oh second. boy. Please put the rock down. We yep. are not put uncircumcised it down. Philistines. Put it down. Just uh, listen that, hear us out. Go, I need to tell you this. I am talking to faith-filled entrepreneurs, business owners who know how to manage their money, who understand profit and loss, who who you have good credit scores. I'm talking about people who own things and, and faithful stewards. Yeah. I'm not talking to the W 2 employee who's making thirty grand a year, and yet you know what? You don't have a whole lot there, but you do have a tithe. Give it all to church if you want. Like that's that's solid stuff. But I, my message right now is specific to faith filled entrepreneurs. My contention is that you have the storehouse. Is that you are the storehouse? You are the one who has to create a system for how you are going to give the tithe. You're going to give your offerings, and you're going to give your first fruits and let me tell you what our system is, okay? And then this isn't "thus saith the Lord. This is just, hey, as we prayed through these things and thought through these, this is what we've done with our business, okay? We set up two accounts, actually three accounts, but let me just start with the first one. Number one, as a business, we set up an account with um, at, Waterstone. Yeah, Waterstone, Waterstone. Foundation. Foundation. Actually, oh, we're we're shifting over to Waterstone. I think right now we're at the NCF. But we set up a specific business account, and each month... We take ten. Well, actually, it's, it's more than ten percent. Remember, the ten percent is the baseline. We, the Lord, told us. Yeah, just don't know, say everything. Just yeah, we're not. We, the Lord wanted us to do more than ten. So, but just start at ten. So, just take ten percent. So each month, ten percent of the net profit of our business goes into this account. Okay, now you can do that each quarter. You can do it once a year if you want. It just whatever it is, ten percent of the net. Now here is the important thing that you need to think about your net. If your net if you literally are living out of your business, okay, then your net is going to be really low. So what you might have to do is add back in some stuff. Okay, You're going to have to add it back in. So take 10% of the net. It goes into that account. So that we put it into that, that account. Donor, it's called, a, it's called a donor advised fund. Donor, That's what I was looking for. Yeah. The DAF, donor advised fund. Now, you don't have to start a donor advised fund yet. You can just create a new account, a new checking account or whatever at a bank and call that your donation account. Okay, and with that, or you can t- call it your tithe account, whatever. Shift in the money from uh, the ten you know, percent—that's your baseline—each month or each quarter or each year—and goes into that account. Okay, now out of that, out of that account, what are you doing? You're looking for the four categories outlined in Deuteronomy chapter twenty-six: the widow, the orphan, the poor, and the Levite. Which means that the church is a part of it. Yes. Spiritual leader. So the church, where you're getting fed, is a part of that. See, see the, the, the deal was, was that in the Old Testament, it was the responsibility of the Levites to collect the tithe and then to distribute the tithe amongst those categories. Yes. The church does not do that today. The institutional church does not effectively do that today. We wrote our second book, Living Among Lions, How to Thrive Like Daniel in Today's Babylon, and we grabbed the Evangelical Christian Credit Union's report and we, it, it had just come out over 27,000 churches across the country and all of these folks, the the statistics had been released that 87% of the budgets of these large churches go to uh, overhead and salary o- overhead for the yeah. property and the salaries. And so then the remaining 13% of that 6% was going to missions. And then the remaining 7% of that would be distributed uh, to some of these other needy people, yeah, and so that's the reason why Jason and I were like, okay, we are now we're setting up a donor advised fund. We're going to set it aside, and we are going to effectively steward that donor advised fund to go out and effectively take care of all of the the folks that God wants our tithe to take care of. So in the in the Old Testament, they were required to bring ten percent, okay, and what what the Levites did was they would take that ten percent. And they were supposed to take 10% of that and put it into the storehouse. And they literally, that was to create, that was to be there to repair the temple. That was to be there for all of the things that needed to be done. The other 90% of that 10% because they brought in the 10% tithe, 90% of that was to go to these four things. Okay. So it is very important. So now we are the storehouse. Now here's the beauty of this. When you do it like this and you don't just blindly take 10% and give it all to the church, right? Right. That gives you an opportunity to be on the lookout. You are now on the opportunity to be on the lookout. You have that opportunity to be on the lookout for people that you can help. Okay? So now that's the first part of our system. So it's the business donation account. All right? The second is personally, David set up his own donation account. I set up my own donation account. Okay? You can do it through a donor advised fund or you can just do it in your bank. Then we take, obviously, the 10% is the baseline, but you can take a percentage, 10% baseline. Of what you bring home. So if David paid himself 100k a year and I paid myself 100k a year, we take 10,000 each, and I put 10k into my own personal donation account. Okay, that's different than my business donation account. So in essence, what we're doing is double tithing. And this is a principle we've done since the since the get go. No, but you don't have to do that. Don't you don't feel pressure. That's just something God put on our heart. But we just wanted to open it up and let you guys know because when Red asked, and we've had several other people ask, this well, this is how we do it. And you can choose yep. to do what you do. That's the beauty of the New Testament principle yes. of the tithe. God is saying, hey, what what do you want to do? If you have the Deuteronomy 26 mindset of, I want to help the widow, the poor, the orphan, and the Levite, and that opens up the gamut. I mean, you can help Compassion International. You can partner with them. You partner with your local church. You can partner with, like David and I, massively involved in Love Life, pro-life organization. Talk about orphans, yeah. you know, those little babies. And so... The beauty with this system is, and then I, David and I have both talked with our kids and like, okay guys, in our donation account, I have X dollar amount. Like I've got X amount. Now that's our families to give to people. I need you guys looking for people that we can give to, you know? And then I just love this a month and a half or two months ago, Trey texts me and he's like, dad, my server was an older person. They needed some money and I gave them, you know, a monster tip and I'm like, great. Okay. I'll transfer from our donation account into your account. Because, you know, they really need it. And we always tell them, but you got to make sure that when you're giving, you're saying Jesus loves you. Like He's got Jesus. a plan for you. That's right. This isn't just where people will be impressed with you. You're making sure that they know who you serve. You attach all of your giving to Christ. Yes. That's what you have to do. So, Jason, are we? Are you going to get specific on salaries, too? No. I okay, didn't so this salary. is – yeah, okay, so uh, – we pay ourselves a salary, and if you're an entrepreneur, you're paying yourself salary out of your company, unless you're living out of the company. And at that point, yeah, if you're a solopreneur, you're, it's a little different. Yeah, you, it'll it'll eventually get diced up to where you need to pay yourself a salary, even if it's modest. Yeah. And I just take 10 percent of my salary every single month, and it automatically goes to my church. Yeah. And and that just boom, that's done. But then when I take distributions out of the company, off of those distributions, I take a percentage, and slide that into my donation account, personal donation account. Yeah, And then our corporate net profit, we do it monthly. You can do it quarterly or annually or biannually, however you want to do it. We slide into our corporate donation account. So now Jason and I have three things going. We have salary going to the church. We have personal distributions uh, going into the, a portion of that going into our personal donation accounts. And then we have our net profit, uh, a portion of that going into our corporate donor advised fund. So now, corporately, we're able to help different ministries that we see. We can immediately, but Jason and I get consensus there between the two of us. But then, from the personal side of things, it's my wife, my five kids, and it's Jason and his wife, and their four kids. And we've allowed our family now to say, these are the reasons why we have this storehouse. And I have actually showed my son on many occasions yeah. where we have a lot more in the donation account than I do in every other account, Yeah, which is awesome, and it's exciting. Yeah. because that's what God wants us to do. And by the way, you never touch that account. First. Never, never, you never pull it out because you need to pay your bills. No, it, it is gone once it's in that so, account. So that's what it's we not did. yours. But this is this is this is just what we did. Now, here's another thing for your company. This is something really important. Because not only can you get a donor advised fund for your company to help all these outside ministries, but you may have a company and I'm consulting one right now that's got loads of employees across two states. There's lots of needs that your employees have. So helping hands ministry, it's also, it used to be called provision bridge, actually provision yeah. bridge and helping hands are one and the same. But what you can do is you actually set up literally like a donor advised fund with helping hands. And, and that fund can actually help your employees as they have needs. And it's a hundred percent tax write-off. So Waterstone, when you slide your, your corporate money into that, uh, donor advised fund, it's a hundred percent right there. That's your, that's your write-off immediately. And then they handle all the receipting and the the giving of the money and follow-up and all that same thing with helping hands. If you want your employees to be helped, because many of us have employees And they will have needs from time to time as well. You want to help them and you can't just do it right out of the company, but you can do it out of a helping hands advised fund, which also when you slide money into that account and you let that account continue to grow, that's also an immediate tax write-off right from the jump. It's amazing what we have here in America. Now we don't give just because we can get a write-off, but as long as those write-offs exist, which I don't think they're going to exist too much longer, but as long as they exist, we're going to take advantage of them. Yeah. So that, that, that would be Waterstone, Donor Advised Fund, and then Helping Hands would be also a, a DAF that would be used for your employees. And yeah. it's very, very effective giving. So there we go. There, there's our, there are our principles, our five principles, and our two-step system. So the principles, principle of generosity, principle of the tithe, principle of offering, the principle of first fruits, and the principle of entirety. The whole thing. Don't cheat God at all. And our two-step system where we uh, have our corporate donation account, and then that's the first step, and then the second is our personal donation accounts. 10% minimum out of each, you know, out of what we make goes into each of those, and then you have yourself an opportunity to be on the lookout for the widow, the orphan, the Levite, and the poor. Now, the ultimate thing that underlies all of this is the principle that Boaz outlined in Scripture, who was the father of Obed Jesse, um, it was yeah. ultimately the grandfather. wasn't Wasn't he the grandfather, great grandfather of David? Uh, I think it was the grandfather. Okay. Let's see, but anyway, I didn't. No, I didn't no, no great grandfather. I didn't have that prepped. But anyway, um, Boaz was ushered literally into. I mean, he's the one that married Ruth, and he was in the line of Christ. And um, the reason why Boaz was had done so well is because he honored the principle of not gleaning to the edges of your field. And that's what it says in the Bible to business owners. Don't glean to the edges of your field where you're so bottom line driven that there is literally not an inch of room left for the working poor or an inch of room left for giving. And so that's what Ruth did. She was gleaning in Boaz's field. And because he didn't glean to the edges, he saved room for people. And so Ruth just joined the gleaners. And of course, the next thing you know, now uh, uh, Boaz, Boaz and Ruth now get married. And of course, the rest is history. So as a business owner, you don't want to glean to the edges of your field. You need to save room in your company so that you can give. That that's very important. And when you do that, you are going to make room to be a blessing to so many people that desperately need it, that are doing things for the kingdom that you can't do and that we can't do. That is of ultimate importance. So that's it. That's awesome. I love that. Well, hopefully you guys, you know, whether whether we're right, wrong, indifferent, either way, what God wants is if your heart is in the right place and you want right. to give and you wanna honor the Lord with it, He's gonna honor you. That's right. So it's amazing. Thanks for hanging out with us. All right. God bless you guys. Subscribe, rate, review, and please let us know what you think and tell us what your giving plan is because we we want to glean some wisdom from you as well. Yeah. We'll do own it or own it next time. I gotta go work out. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day.